everyone, this is Dr. Clark here, and this is the first episode of the Dogs Board for 2021, and this is the 12th episode overall. And I am here with a special guest, a very, very special guest. You will know him as the hip-hop historian, or King Sife, or Mr. Derek Brown, or specifically Derek D.B. Brown. But he is a master coder, song maker, specifically when it comes to lyricism and beat production somewhat. He is also a video editor and a script writer as well. I'll let him introduce himself if he would like to. Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Derek Brown, a.k.a. King Sice, a.k.a. The Grim Reaper, and I look forward to this. So, Mr. Brown, is this your first interview? I would probably say yeah. Okay. Because I know you've participated in our interviews before, so this will be the first time that you've been interviewed. So I'm great to have that pleasure. Great to have that pleasure. So I would first like to ask this, since, you know, we've both, you and I named them, how many names slash personas do you have? Oh, man. I think I'm going on about probably at the moment, probably like three. You know, there's Derek, the hip-hop historian. And there's, you know, King Scythe, a.k.a. the Grim Reaper. Um, and then there's just me, Derek, Derek Brown. So I think about three as of right now. Plan on adding more. <laughs> That's excellent. That's excellent. So tell me, Derek, since this is how the majority of people, you know, across the interwebs uh, know you, how to start making music both on, on a uh, amateur level, even though you're definitely not an amateur, and on a professional level? Awesome question. So, I started out in middle school. My love for hip-hop was really in, like, elementary school when I was a really little kid. I have a song called Father before I talk about it. Basically, I, have a, I was fortunate enough to be raised by, you know, two fathers. So, one of them is my stepdad. My dad gave me the gritty side of hip-hop. My stepdad, he would always play clean music. But whenever I was with my stepdad, he would ride around in a car, play Busy B, Cool Mo D, LL Cool J, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five, you know, the old school stuff. And I fell in love with it. <laughs> and hmm. so after a while, I'm going to say in middle school is when I – like, right in sixth grade is when I wrote my first song. After, like, you know, memorizing and reciting so many songs, just being an overall hip-hop nerd. And when I, oh, boy, I can still remember my first song. Uh, well, actually, I can't. <laughs> uh, but I can remember some of the cringy lyrics. And I just started writing, and I never looked back. And, you know, gradually it got to a point where you say, and you start to investigate, oh, man, there's so many talented artists out here. How come so many people don't know about this specific artist or that specific artist? And you start looking into the business, and you start looking into music business. And when you look into a music business, just like entertainment, you realize the minefield that it is, and you want to be someone who protects yourself and know as much about the music business as possible. And that makes you, you know, want to take it seriously. And, you know, that's ultimately what drove me to want 
to want to do it professionally, just the love for it, and then afterwards seeing what goes into it, the passion of it. Well, very well said, because I know personally how passionate you are about it, since I've seen and heard your projects uh, before, you know, um, because I know those who are listening, especially those who've listened to them before, they can attest to that as well. So who would you say is your biggest influences in hip-hop overall now gotcha um so i have a i have a top five for me like most influential uh personally that have personally influenced me um there's eminem of course then you have uh basically his group that used to be signed to him it's called slaughterhouse and two of the members in there are called king crooked and royster five nine those two in particular Tech Nine is another big influence of mine. Busta Rhymes and another underground MC called Feral Munch. I take a lot of uh, inspiration from them, and particularly mainly that's where I build like sort of like the foundation of like the technical part of what I do. And then I draw inspiration from like everything in hip hop and just music in general. You know, I try to absorb it all. That's excellent. But there's something that you said that I would harp up on. You said technical. Speaking of technical, and I named this um earlier, you are a coder now, and you specifically learned coding at the alma mater you just graduated from, uh, Savannah State University, one of the most notable HBCUs in the country, especially in the South and in the state of Georgia. So do you want to tell them about that? Yeah, so... Man, if I could change anything, I wouldn't change the going to Savannah State. I want to say that was one of my better decisions going on HBCU. I would recommend a lot of other black folks do it. But to start off with that kind of goes into like my origins of like my interest for tech. Um, cause it was never specifically coding that particularly interested me, you know, in the beginning, but I, you know, like when I was a kid, I would just tinker around with devices, root things, amateur stuff. And after that and, you know, experimenting and drifting off into learning about, you know, PC builds and like different PC parts and then on a like more technical level, what drives the tech, like from a physics perspective, electrical, all of that, I said, hey, I probably want to make this a major. I worked hmm. with a company. I work with a company that uh basically their job is to tell you uh well one of the products rather literally tells you what job best fits you and I definitely got that one. <laughs> hmm. So I you know apply to Savannah State, I go and I go through the courses. And the thing I'll say about coding is it's uh it requires the you know, like a different kind of, uh, uh, some people don't think, but it is practice in general. It's something that you have to maintain. You don't just do it once and then learn it forever and you're good. You know, you got to maintain it. Hmm. That's excellent. Anything that you want to be great at, you have to be consistent at it. Have to be consistent at it. So I'm glad you made sure you pointed that out. But speaking of where you acquired your degree at, uh, we actually as you know, I interviewed one of your fellow members 
of the word organization that you are a part of, you know, Smiley Cave, we, yeah. you know, we interviewed her early last year. Do you want to talk about word and your experiences with that organization? Because I know you're still a part of it. Yeah. So I am alumni now for word, but once a member, always a member. Word or Way of Real Discovery Incorporated is basically like a performing arts organization on Savannah State's campus. And I want to say when I joined Word, what made me want to join Word, rather, is how supportive everybody was. So basically, they had a, a 80s and 90s themed hip-hop show, and it was a contest. And so I remember uh, being sick uh, when I auditioned for it because it, uh, it was for them. They, they hosted it. And, you know, hmm. they said, they said uh, even in third place, you still get a prize. And I remember I was sick, so I ended up writing. I was writing uh, lyrics that I had memorized, but the lyrics were so intricate and uh, <laughs> wild that I don't think if I was sick, I could perform them. So I ended up scrapping them, big mistake. And then I ended up uh, trying to rewrite something else. In the midst of that, I couldn't memorize it at all. I had a hard time memorizing it. And I remember I said I was going to pull out. And the founder there, he's like, no. He gave me this big motivational speech. And he's like, you can't do that. So everybody uh, there, which, you know, they were going to pay me to do this, you know, to perform, they pretty much came outside and they were like, hey, you need help memorizing your stuff? You're not going to quit, are you? <laughs> and seeing everybody just show that love and support, and that's what made me want to join Word. And the essence of, of Word is you know, for the advancement of student artists. Wow. One thing I would like to add is that, you know, uh, both you and Smiley K, you both speak so positively of Word and the people who are part of it. You know, it's like she said, to you all are one big family, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. And, so, that, and that's so, why, because of that support. <laughs> right. That's Having that support system is always amazing. So you know, it helps you go further. Mm -hmm. So speaking of being part of organization, those who are listening know I mean and it'll be in the title too. You are part of a very I would say interesting organization <laughs> with two other people called Doctor Clark's interns slash the Docs Board. Do you want to talk a little bit about that for those who may not know? Awesome, awesome. I'm glad you asked that question. So what the Docs Board is and Dr. Clark's intern is, the Docs Board is, of course, our YouTube channel that we're interviewing on right now, but Dr. Clark's interns is basically like a platform that is education-based. The, the goal of it is to combine entertainment and, you know, different forms of, like, various mediums and use that as a way to educate people in those mediums. So, for example, my responsibility is all the hip-hop and music-oriented content, music business-oriented content. With that, I write articles concerning different topics. For example, a lot of people like my government politics and hip-hop uh, articles. Dr. Clark himself, he writes really good articles concerning a myriad of different things in nerd culture in media from gaming to to comic books to different films and just ultimately franchises 
he's had really good stuff like projects concerning you know any like sort of comic book character you can think of so one of the things that dr clark does that i'm particularly uh, fond of is the black figures whether they be fictional or real and so those are definitely good biographies that i think a lot of people should actually read more and then we have another young brother hunter he does a lot of pro-black and pro-african content that i think is really great too excellent that's excellent because i know the good majority of people who are listening to this first on our streaming and download platforms and then next on our youtube page is that they have most likely consumed some of your pieces from both what you've written and the video versions that we've made of those written pieces because I know personally, for me, Clark, I'm a fan of them, and I know many people who personally are as well. And uh, you have a new series that you started too, right? Do you want to tell them about that? Yes. Yeah, so the new series that I started writing is going to go concurrent with my uh, government politics and hip-hop series. It's called uh, Controversial Moments in Hip-Hop. And so it's exactly in the title, right? Mm-hmm. I want to take uh, moments that made us talk and it made people talk in hip-hop, for better or for worse, because I think the important part of controversy is that it causes discussion. And when you have that discussion, that's when uh, we have understanding. When you have understanding, that's when culturally a group of people advance. So I wanted to, like, basically use that as a means of saying, everybody, hey, everybody, look at what this aspect and this moment of hip-hop did and look at it in the entire context of the genre and ask yourself uh, about the progress or just about the the value of what we can take from that. That's ultimately what that series is about. Right. So if you you haven't already, definitely uh, go give the first one a read that I made for that one, which was uh, Nelly. And... uh, things concerning the the trip uh the tip drill song oh right i read it and you know it was excellent the amount of detail he went into it everyone uh, was excellent and you know it was very informative you know we should all learn uh, the behind the scenes aspects of the things that we love uh in order for us to truly understand the amount of effort that went into it but also the historical context behind it as well mm-hmm. but i'll say that there's a lot of detail that needed to be taken out of that article. Oh, uh, yes. There's there, that too. But, you know, like I said, regardless of our temperament, you know, when information educates, then it will be used for some sort of good. <laughs> so, yeah, regardless yeah. Of, of what the, our temperaments may be. So, with that being said, uh, I'm going to ask you, well, a more not necessarily more personal, but a more, I would say, grounded question. So you mentioned Dr. Clark, you know, because group of people, the organization, the business is named after him. So how have how did you meet Dr. Clark in the first place uh, for you to um, join? So I met Dr. Clark before he got really famous, you know, before he got really <laughs> big. Uh, we met at this uh, the school called uh, John Reebok High School, senior high school, actually. And... You know, he's a, he was a class above me, and to my knowledge and my memory, 
my first exposure to him was in ROTC. And so, you know, we sort of, uh, you know, would talk and, you know, converse about uh, nerd stuff from time to time. And then, you know, slowly we just became friends. And then, you know, I'm going to say it was around the time that I'd, like, really got to college my freshman year. He asked me if I uh, wanted to be involved with his project. And I was like, yeah, of course. That's excellent. Well, because, as I say it again, because I know Dr. Clark is very grateful for your contributions and everything you've done over the years. And I know oh, yeah, the man. wonder is zoologist, you know, Mr. Hunter Graham is very much as well. So, but going into a different, I would say, uh, set of notions, I know I also mentioned that you've been writing a script. And I know you're taking your time with it, but what made you want to start writing scripts in the first place? So, really, um, it's interesting, right? I sort of have developed a philosophy of just creating. Ultimately, what I want to do is own a media company. And so I want the ability to be able to diversify myself in, like, different forms of, of media, be it podcasting, be it, you know, television, news, all these different things. And, you know, of course, working with Dr. Clark is really good practice for that. But with script writing, one of the things that happened was I was editing all of these videos for uh, Dr. Clark and, you know, looking at different aspects of stuff. And I said, oh, man, at some point uh, when we upgrade this content, there's going to be certain aspects of, like, different uh technical things I might want to look at, video editing software. Then I started looking at lighting uh, and, you know, cameras, because I am, you know, of course, a techie at heart. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at tech, and that drove me to look at the artistic side of, you know, like camera work. And I started, you know, just having fun taking cameras, uh, you know, pictures of things with my phone, of course, editing it and trying to make it look all professional, amateur stuff. So what does that have to do with script writing? Basically, progressively, it evolved into looking at movies and basically looking at them from a a really artistic, like, place of merit and looking at that merit and actually, like, delving into these scripts made me want to say, oh, man, it would be really good to be involved in something like that. And I just started writing just like i would write songs that's excellent because you know in the field of writing be it when it comes to music or or screenwriting people may be able to to switch back and forward like it's nothing depending on what their uh, polymythic acumen is for it so that's excellent but let's go back to a previous topic if you wouldn't mind specifically when it comes to coding so because i know you graduated uh at the end of last year with the degree and so where would you be doing uh going into this year with your coding degree and your skill set with it essentially so with my computer science degree i'll be headed to uh dallas and i'll be working for a company uh called citibank and, mm. and, and a lot of people probably know citibank because they are a corporation big company one of the largest banks, you know, uh, Citigroup itself. 
the company that owns, you know, it's over Citibank. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be in a nice program that basically gives me exposure to different uh, forms of tech in that area of the business. And so I could actually code or I might actually be pretty hands-off with the code. That's the thing that I think a lot of people actually don't realize about a computer science degree, which is one of the reasons why I chose it. Remember when I said uh, I have a love for tech? Hmm. And remember when I also said that, you know, coding wasn't necessarily the thing that I was, you know, into. Now, I still do like to code. But with with a computer science degree, there's so many, uh, like, other aspects of it that people don't consider. Um, is that computer science is so – it's a theoretical aspect to it in the code, but it, because technology is so needed, you can morph it with so many different other areas of business. So I can put it with uh, whatever, essentially, like, interest I have, which is why that attracted me. And so with the program that I'll be doing, basically how it works is they they give me the choice to do that, and they give me the room to do that. Uh, they give me exposure to uh, two jobs. In the span of like two years, and I can either pick from one of those two jobs, or I can say, you know what, I think I'm a fit for something else. This isn't quite right, but something like that is a really good program for people who really want to have exposure to things they otherwise normally wouldn't be degree or certification qualified for out of the gate, but also if they're unsure about specifically what path they want to take, and they just want exposure, especially mm-hmm. to a company that's just as big as, that's as big as Citibank. You could uh, go through so many uh, different areas of the business and still not see. You could work there for like 30 years and only see, you know, 20% of the business. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, from what you told me, what I know and the different research, to be a young black man from an HBCU, which is, again, you go, you went to an amazing school, um, to have this upcoming job in this career. And like I said, to be at the age that you are, that is astonishing. Black men, especially young black men in tech and black men who work who essentially work for banking businesses, that is amazing. And and I'm proud of you. I know many of of your listeners and supporters are proud of you as well. Thanks. Thanks. So let me ask you this question. I know I've known from both what I've seen and what you've told me, uh, growing up you've gotten quite a, a lot of support from your family, you know, especially, you know, now. Uh, with your upcoming career and with both coding and your music and everything else in between, how would you say the support and love from your family, you know, from your mother, both your fathers and and your siblings and and everyone else around you, how would you say that support has really helped you grow and helped you achieve your dreams and what you want to do in life so far? Oh, man, I think that it's it's definitely helped a lot. You know, my stepdad and my dad being – really into hip-hop and you know my 
dad, my stepdad being a music lover, you know, really helped my mom. I remember when I uh, first started rapping, uh, she was really, you know, enamored with the aspect of, like, she really liked that I had an outlet to express myself. Um, and then when she first, you know, there was the uh, thing of, oh, you want to make this a uh, career? So the question was, you know, how seriously were you going to take it? And when she saw that, she was all for it. <laughs> and, you know, it makes the difference for sure. That's that's excellent. Because I know many people, uh, sadly, may not have their parents there to support them wholeheartedly. So it always brings a smile to my face when I see someone's parents or anyone within their life uh, put their best foot forward to support them. Yeah, um, I think one of the, 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 the better things too is like for example this Christmas my mom she made me uh, a hoodie uh, with my name on it with my rap name on it so that was nice you know and it's, it's just symbolic of that that's excellent that is excellent but I have one final main question uh, for you Derek so do you have any project upcoming projects because you know uh, one, b before I finish the question I know you, you've started a new podcast, you know, a new solo podcast concerning K-pop. And I also know the ending of last year around your graduation, you released a uh, graduation music track. So uh, would you like to talk about those projects and any other upcoming projects uh, you have in development? Yes, yes, yes. Awesome, awesome. So as of right now, you know, I am working on a short film. So that is uh, really fun. I'd love to give uh, more details on that, but stay tuned for that um, because uh, when I get that going, that'll be very nice. And, you know, of course, like you said, the podcast, uh, the podcast, uh, that this is an experiment podcast, is something that I do do solo outside of uh, the podcast stuff that we do at Dr. Clark's interns. And with that, the goal of that is to just talk about the things that I'm passionate about, but inform people in the same way. So it's it's a broader uh, focus into tech, you know, hip-hop and music business, and just, you know, like some more professional-oriented uh, topics, too. And, you know, a few principles here and there, a few things to think about, some nuggets. So that's something that I'm working on bringing back pretty soon within the next couple of weeks. Uh, as far as music, you know, I did just release the graduation song, as you said, and I have some singles coming up very, very soon. And this year, I have a, a, a lot of singles uh, that I've uh, written, and I have one project that I plan to release uh, either next month or the, the month after. So a lot, a lot of music for sure. <laughs> a lot of music for sure. That's great. That's great. Well, I know, just like I am, uh, many of our listeners and viewers are going to be very excited to uh, consume those pieces of auditory media that you are releasing. So, with that being said, Mr. Brown, do you have any last words, any questions for me, questions for the viewers, anything you would like to say? Uh, basically, any last statements or questions? Yes, yes, yes. I actually did have some questions for you. So All right. I guess the main question that I wanted to ask you is, I wanted to say this, 
you work very hard, you know. As someone who, uh, or Dr. Clark works very hard, I should say. And knowing, you know, how hard uh, Dr. Clark works, how does, uh, like, what is Dr. Clark's uh, philosophy when it comes to the work he puts in and how he integrates that within his life? What is, like, the philosophy that guides him behind that? Well, outside of the reasons uh, why I did it, which you know the, a lot of the personal reasons why, you and, and Hunter know, I always see it from a perspective of whatever you dedicate your life to and why you do it is going to be the lasting impression, not just to those around you, but yourself. When you're able to make your last conscious thought, you don't want for your regret to be that you didn't do what you wanted or that you didn't do what your calling was and that you didn't work as hard as you was for what you wanted to achieve. You know, I'm a person that I always try to compartmentalize things and, and look at things from a tacticianary standpoint, even my emotions. That's why a few people may say that I have great emotional control uh, and tolerance is because I see it from a tacticianary standpoint. And knowing how I am, I'm, I don't want to be the person doubting myself when I'm on my deathbed one day, uh, saying that I didn't try something or that I didn't put my best foot forward and do everything I needed to do to be successful at it. But that also stems from a perspective of I've never really been burnt out with anything I've done, especially with this business is because Dr. Clark, me, I always see it as you can only be burnt out with something if your mindset about it remains stagnant. Which mindset has never had. There's always been different things I want to do, different things that I put to the side. I've always only worked on things either not necessarily at my leisure, but I've always had a different mindset with how I worked on every project, no matter how similar it is. And that's the problem. People usually get burnt out when they do it for either the wrong reasons or they don't truly understand why they want to start it in the first place. So that's my philosophy is that make sure you handle things from a tacticianary standpoint. It is great to do things willy-nilly, but that won't take you far every single time. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, 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 it did. I definitely answer my question. Okay, but do you have any more questions, any more statements? Uh, so I wanted to basically say, you know, thank you as always. And I really, like I said, I really appreciate it that you considered me for this interview. And I look forward to, you know, continuing to work with you, man. Of course, um, you know, it was an honor for you to let me interview, especially it being your first interview. Uh, hey, maybe one day you may interview me. Hmm. Maybe that may be soon for those who listen. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm grateful again that you allowed for me to interview you. And since that is all, everyone, thank you for listening. This will be on our downloading streaming platforms first and then on our youtube page soon after king Sife, uh where can everyone follow you at and look at escapades throughout your life and in your different ventures 
Awesome. So, so you can follow me on Instagram at King Scythe, K-I-N-G-S-C-Y-T-H-E, on Twitter. It's that with except instead of an I, it's a one. Uh, I'm also on Clubhouse, too, with uh, King Scythe as my handle. And, yeah, follow, uh, check out my podcast. This is an experiment podcast. Uh, under the same artist name, and my artist name, King Sykes, is also on multiple streaming platforms, Tidal, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Wow. That's excellent. And and as always, everyone, his all of his social media, or, or all of it that we can fit in the description, will be in the description on the YouTube version of this. And I'm going to try to see if I could put it on the different bios and descriptions of the different streaming and download platforms. But um, if that will be all, everyone, thank you for listening. You will see another interview uh, hopefully soon after this, a few weeks maybe. And with that being said, Dr. Clark and King Sykes signing out. Adios.